One Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host for the day, Ryan Treasure. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day and joining us. And we continue our our fantastic lineup and series of radio shows about things that matter. Uh, We're going to continue down that road today as we talk a little bit about grief and loss and helping children uh, go through that process and helping them cope. And we're going to talk to a fantastic woman today. Her name is Edie Nathan. She's the author of the Critically acclaimed book, uh, It's Grief, The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. She's a nationally recognized keynote speaker and fantastic human being. Edie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Ryan. It's great to be here. So, Edie, Finding Your Frequency, as we discussed a little bit before the show, is about the journey. It's about that moment where you know people make decisions to start a business, become that entrepreneur, write a book, uh, step outside of their comfort zone, and go and create and go and do and be. So let's kind of just take a step back and and take us uh, uh, down the the path and start from the beginning and you know where did where did you get the information the the guidance the path to follow this particular frequency frequency I love I love the whole idea of frequency because it really is a frequency it's it's a it's a level of existence it's it's the way of of, of seeing the world and being in the world and I would say that. Surely, from as as long as I can remember, my relationship with grief, loss, trauma, seeing people in pain, wanting to reach out, wanting to rescue, has just been part of my DNA. I I, I think I popped up out and said, "Oh, okay, let me look around, let me see." I don't know how I can rescue, how I can rescue that little kitten or that homeless person. And uh, I did have to be told, however, that I could not bring uh, cats and homeless people home, but it was only through um, after trying many times to do so. So uh, I, I think that seeing the pain of the world, and I saw it through the lens of grief, uh, really has been my frequency. And it has something it is something that that i've needed to to honor uh as uh i guess the a process of um acknowledging that this is my my dna it's it's how my my heart beats it it, it it's the pulse of me to to see that that there is pain and we we are seeing it every day whether it's mass shootings or it's you know, uh, churches in Sri Lanka or, or synagogues that are getting blown up. And, and yet we, we must go through our day and, and, and find that smile and find something po- positive. And I, my hope is, in terms of this frequency, to, to be able to talk to people about how are you going to engage with these 
griefs that come our way and find a way to dance with it, to, to integrate it, but not let it eat you up, not let its grip take you over. And so really from that very young point, that, that kernel of truth that resonated with me from that very young age to this point now, I, I have really worked to redefine grief and and how we how we integrate it and dance with it rather than being afraid of it that it you can actually partner with it and it can be one of your greatest teachers so as you are moving through this path and and defining loss in 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 your world can share that with the audience and how you're defining loss uh, because it's not necessarily just you know loss of a, a loved one there's loss across uh, multiple domains so let's talk a little bit about how you define loss so loss grief is nonlinear what I mean by that is it it doesn't follow a certain path it it it, it goes along and it hits you and it hits you when you've lost a caretaking role or it's time to leave home for the first time or you're selling a house or you lose a loved one or you lose a limb or you lose friends because they have suicided or they've over overdosed so grief comes in in so many different forms and it's it's kind of like a little secret that we carry within us and we fear its power and its potency and it is one of the most difficult obstacles we face in our lives because we we often don't have a platform for it we don't have a way to voice it we don't have a way to express it and so often we are told anyone who faces who meets grief and that's really all of us is it over yet or is it time to move on with your life and when we are uh, when we meet grief <laughs> we will never be the same and we are always evolving and changing because of it wow what a what a statement thank you for defining that i think that it's important for our listening audience to have an understanding of what your definition of loss is on a on a grander scale as we kind of maneuver through understanding the book and some of the different nuances of that and you know when you're grieving the loss of a loved one or you know even a pet or an animal because i know uh before i had kids uh i i had had to deal with the with the loss of a pet and you know those ones are tough because those those little furry buggers are part of your life for a, a really long time and you you build a special bond and it's really hard to deal with and you know i've had to deal with now my daughter you know us losing a pet uh, that she had become attached to and it becomes overwhelming for parents to you know deal with the grief of you know let's say us losing the pet at the same time of you know helping children kind of cope with uh, you know their own grief in in the same manner uh, what are some nuances or tips would you provide parents that are in a, a situation where they're dealing with their own loss but at the same time still trying to uh, be a good parental figure and help their child navigate through that grief maze. One of the the hardest pieces for children these days is, especially in the United States, is that we've sanitized grief and loss and and death, and we want to clean it up. And historically, it used to be 
in the home and a parent would die or a grandparent would die or, or if there was a pet you know, they were they were tended to you know in the home and because we've cleaned it up so much children are at, at a great disadvantage and so are the parents because parents don't know exactly what to say to their children and how to say it and how to talk about death perhaps because they're also uncomfortable with with death and because we've cleaned it up so well one of the five uh, do's that i that i suggest for for children who um, have lost a pet or lost a grandparent and you know grandparent loss uh, is is often so very difficult because it also means that that one of your parents has just lost their parent so it's a it, it's a trickle down experience the the parent has lost their parent they're grieving the child has lost their grandparent they're grieving and the the child also looks to the parent who's grieving and may not understand what that parent is going through number 1 and also may be afraid oh if it can happen to my grandparent is that going to happen to my parent so though there there may very well be many many questions and sometimes what the ch- child says is you know is that going to happen to you or what what happened to my grandparent oh or where did they go and in wanting to soothe the child the responses and i'm sure you 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 you've heard of these responses ryan like oh you know grandpa's asleep or he's in heaven or he's or she's um you know just in such a better place and using um that kind of mode of speech can actually create greater fear for the child. So let me jump and, in and, and give an sure. example. And obviously I don't know other people's experiences. I can only draw from my own. Uh, but in the, in the, in the event, like I had mentioned before, where uh, we lost a dog and my daughter was distraught about it. It was the first time she was dealing, you know, as four years old, dealing with grief and loss. And when she asked those questions to me, my answer was exactly this honey, I'm really sorry, but the dog passed away and it died and it's now in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't want her, I didn't want to tell her, oh, hey, it's just in heaven, but she needed to understand like it ceases, it ceased to exist and it's in heaven kind of thing. I wanted her to, you know, understand that, you know, it, it, it died and that's why it's in heaven rather than just saying, oh, it's in heaven, you know? That's great. That's great. To To take it one step further, another thought and what you did was was fantastic you can always add to to what we do because we're, we're always we're always learning well that's 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 part of just life and so one of the things that you can do certainly is say to to your daughter for example so you will always have your pet in your heart and that will never leave you and oh giving giving your daughter the sense that heaven exists within her it's like her her memories of of this pet and that you might have story time where she's able to include the story of this lost pet as part of her story as part of her life story as part of as part of things that that all of you share yeah, kind of talking about the animal as a, you know, this was my friend and the journey that we shared and the things that we've got to do together kind of situation. That's exactly right. 
that's exactly right. And and maybe you you know sometimes children will ask, well, what is death, and why do people die, and where do they go when they die, and will I die too? And and what I suggest to everyone is just answer as honestly as you possibly can of course based on the age of the child and 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 the more questions they ask the more curious they are you know take your time if you if you're not comfortable answering a question or you want to think about it you can say you know let me let me think about the best way i want to answer you so that that i'm not I'm not leading you uh, astray or I'm not giving you an answer that isn't the best answer for you right now. And children can understand that. And it, you're also teaching your child, gee, you know, sometimes you don't have to give an answer right away. Sometimes you can be thoughtful. Yeah. And, and that's a that's a really good point. And I think it's probably something that parents kind of forget sometimes is that it's okay to not have an answer right now. It's okay to tell your child that you need a few minutes and you want to come back and talk about it. So that way you have time to process the information. Cause I think it's all too often detrimental on children that parents think that they need to make a reaction right away rather than a calculated reaction. Uh, and I've always found it in my particular instance where a calculated reaction is better than just making a reaction to make one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And to say, you know, I'm not going to, I, I, I want to have some time to think about this. Yet, you can be curious. You can go, as a parent, you can go into your curiosity for the child. Like, what what's making you, you ask this? Like, what are you thinking about? And that may actually help you form your answer by going into the, the, the stance of curiosity. And that's another do. Be curious with care about what's going on for your child yeah putting yourself in that in that other person's shoes and kind of getting an understanding of how they might be feeling or thinking always helps uh to diffuse any situation i i I say that to my employees all the time when we talk about customer service you know i always say well you know they don't know what they don't know so sometimes you just have to take a step back and look at it from their perspective so that way it helps you to be more understanding that's right and when you get another perspective it may actually help you with that intervention so if you for example to go back with to the children if you say to them you know i'm i was thinking about the death of our pet and and it brought up a big lump in my throat and i feel sad and do you know what you're feeling and that's an opening and as parents or as caretakers or guardians or even friends of children give them get, give them a place to go do you know what you're feeling and you could even like give them a smile chart or give them words or ask them to draw what they're feeling so that you, you're you mean, all you mean you mean it's okay to talk about your feelings with your children yeah. and your family that's actually okay how about that right <laughs> yeah 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 i know yeah. how stale has society become where they are so awkward about talking about some of the most important components of who we are as human beings, right? You know, our feelings, how we feel, uh, how do things make us feel? Uh, everything we do is about the feels. <laughs> yeah, it's about the feel it's, and it's about the experience. And, you know, there are people out there, Ryan, who are not feeling types. So you don't have to ask the feeling question. You can ask, what's your experience? What was it like for you? 
and it's not a feeling question and because everybody everybody deals with grief differently so let them ask the question according to who they are as well is, is every loss following the same kind of pattern as far as how people are dealing with that loss or are there different ways of dealing with loss for you know different uh, uh you know severities of loss everyone grieves differently and the same person may grieve one loss one way and another loss another way depending on 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 so many things the the, the how close they were to to the person who who who, who passed away or what their relationship was or uh, how, if it was a sudden death, a sudden loss, or if it was a loss that, that happened over time. So to answer your question, grief is like your fingerprint. No one grieves exactly the same way or uh, grieves exactly the same way um, for what they're grieving. And so if you're grieving the loss of a caretaker role or a child is grieving the loss of a teacher or the loss of a parent or the loss of a pet, the, 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 the phases of grief, which we all, you know, we go through different phases within our grief, but those phases may be different depending on, on that person. And I talk about the 11 phases of grief and children will go through those 11 phases their own way. Like, who am I? Or what is this family going to be like without this pet? Or, God, I was so close to, to my mom and I, I don't know what I'm going to do without her. Yeah, so I have, I have a particular scenario that my family's about to deal with. Uh, and it's not the loss of a loved one as far as somebody passing away or anything like that. But my daughter uh, has a friend who was in preschool with her. Uh, they've been on soccer teams together. Uh, you know, they're they're relatively young, again, five and six years old. But the two little girls are super good friends. They see each other two or three times a week at even uh, they see each other at school, but at extracurricular activities two or three times a week. And uh, their their family is moving at the end of the school year completely out of state. And they're no longer will be able to be on soccer teams and friends together. And I've noticed that my daughter is, uh, you know, really kind of distraught about the loss of her of her friend and. So that's something I'm dealing with personally right now. How, how, how do you approach that knowing that it's not really a huge issue today, right? Because they're not going to be gone tomorrow, but in two or three weeks as school starts to end and we have those moments where, you know, this is the last time that she's going to see her friend at, you know, the last soccer game of the year or the last uh, cheerleading practice of the year or, or what have you. Uh, how do we as parents prepare for something that we know is going to happen and that is imminent uh, and be prepared for those moments to support our children? So on one hand, you can certainly prepare yourself knowing that your daughter is going to be, you know, losing a friend, a playmate. Yet luckily, thankfully, we live in a world now where there is Internet and where we can, you know, see someone through FaceTime. So some some of those relationships, though they won't be the same, that they'll change. And so one of the things you can say to your daughter is, okay, your friend is moving, yet you might find that you you have you develop a, a different kind of friendship. And it, it's going to be different, yet it doesn't mean that the two of you can't can't talk or see one another. And your your mom and I are going to work together to make sure that you're able to create this kind of space you'd like to create 
to continue to have this friendship. And if your daughter knows that you're on her side and she knows that this is going to happen, you know this is going to happen, you can prep for it. You can actually say, okay, a month after your friend is gone, we're going to make sure that you have a FaceTime with her or that, you know, you, you're able to uh, share, share notes, uh, you know, via your phone. So, or if she doesn't have a phone, you can use our phone to text her or we'll text her parents. And what you're going to do is you're going to make this an easier transition. Uh, and those easier transitions are laid out by you. Right. Wow. What great information you're providing with us today. Uh, the finding your frequency audience, I'm sure is, uh, really soaking in all this information. Edie, we appreciate you being on the radio show today. Uh, I want to make sure that we leave a little bit of time for you to let the audience know, uh, where they can find more information about you and as well as pick up a copy of the book. Sure. The best way to reach me is really uh, the book is Amazon uh, or um, you can certainly contact me via my website, which is ednathan.com. That's E-D-Y-N-A-T-H-A-N.com. And if you say that you heard me on the show, I'm happy to send you the book uh, at a discounted uh, price. And uh, I will also send a, uh, a, a CD on uh, uh, grief meditations. And so those are the best ways to reach me. Oh, awesome. Yeah, meditation is uh, a, a topic that we've covered extensively here on Finding Your Frequency and you know, using those meditations and that yoga and those times to, uh, again, self-reflect and reconnect and uh, uh, re-energize one's frequency and get it back on uh, on on the path, and you know, we we had another couple of episodes. Uh, we talked about you know how the outdoors and you know those uh, outdoor moments and spending some time alone outside and meditating outside really helps to get your vibrational frequencies back in order. So we're we're, we're big proponents of, uh, of of meditations, and we we definitely like that. So you know, uh, Edie, what's what's next for you? I know you have this book. It's Grief: The Dance of Self Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. Uh, what what's 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 the next project for you? Well, I am working on a book about sexual grief and different kinds of sexual grief that we have throughout the lifespan and how it hits us from the time we're teenagers into our 20s and 30s and 40s and then, you know, sex as you're an elder. And uh, that's the that's the next the next thing in line uh and so sex sexuality and grief oh well we'll have to be on the lookout and have a conversation with you when all that stuff comes out about uh the the new, the new stuff you're working on i would love to come back thank you so much it's a really fun uh having this conversation with you ryan yeah awesome Edie. thank you so much ladies and gentlemen you're tuned in to finding your frequency make sure you go check out her website edynathan.com and of course you can get the book on amazon it's grief the dance of self-discovery through trauma and loss a uh, big special thanks to Edie nathan for joining us on the show today Edie, thanks again thank you Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're going to be bringing you some more fantastic interviews, so make sure you stay right here on voiceamerica.com.